The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Bible teacher and author Beth Moore explains the magnificent miracle of freedom. Overcome the grave, ascend into the heavenlies, and have a seat at the right hand of the Father where He lives to ever make intercession for us and awaits the signal for Him to come back for His bride and come back and restore this earth. He did not do all of that so that you and I could sit in a bunch of bondage and be in a bunch of defeat. James and Betty are taking some well-deserved time off, so I get the privilege of sitting here and being your host. And one of the things I love most about our programming is that we're able to bring some of the most amazing teaching from Beth Moore. I mean, there's nobody quite like her. One of the things that I love about what she's going to teach us today is that, remember in Galatians 5, where it says that for freedom, we've been set free. Well, Beth wants to talk to us in this first part, and it's called The Magnificent Miracle of Freedom. You're going to love this teaching, everything she does. Watch this. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you to go ahead with me and turn into your Bibles if you have them. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, you just listen in. If you think, I have no idea what I've even gotten on here, would you leave it for just a few minutes? Because I think you're going to get what we're talking about. But if you do have access to one, we're going to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. I'm just about to pray with you. I, I've got to tell you something. We've been just praising God in here before you joined us. And I just love music so much. And I don't know what your background is like, and I don't know, you may be really new to Jesus, but I am a, de a demonstrative person, perhaps you can tell. And so during praise and worship, there's just no telling what, how high my hands might go. And I really wasn't raised that way when I was growing up, and even as a young woman, I'd never even walked in a church where they raised their hands. But something happened when God began bringing me a little bit of freedom. It sort of hit my ankles, and then it sort of hit my knees, and then it kind of just kept going until my my arm just flew up. And I do like pick uh, the, the place. I mean, is it appropriate in that place or not? But I just had to tell you here recently, a couple of weeks ago at church, I, I was just, I was just in the throes of prayer. And I thought, oh, someone did not put on their deodorant. <laughs> and I looked around me like, I knew there were, there were really no good people for, for, uh, for it to be because I was surrounded by my family and people I love very much. And I thought, girls. And then I thought, I think it's me. I think it's me. And I thought, for the life of me, you know, I mean, I'd showered. I was ready to go. But I thought, you know, again, I was kind of in the throes of it. I thought, I think I forgot my deodorant. And then, you know, you know how you, there's all manner way you try to check. And I, so there wasn't any great way to do it. So for the rest of the service, I just kept my arms just like this. And, you know, I am a hugger. I am really a hugger. And after the service, I just went to people and come here, get in my arms right now, right now, right now. Um, 
the wildest morning. And I, I thought to myself, you know, every now and then we're just going like something smells and I don't know what it is. <laughs> and every now and then, maybe the best thing we could figure out is it is me. <laughs> if something is really stinking in your life right now, and you keep thinking it's somebody else in your house. Somebody near you. It's somebody at church. You might know what I'm talking about. It's somebody that works at the school with you. It's so somebody really stinks around here. And then you figure out, you know what? It may be me. And there's going to be something we can do about that. If life really stinks for you right now, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to want to stick around because we have got some kind of series in front of us for the next couple of weeks. You guys stand. I want to pray with you. I, and let me tell you why it's so important that we pray in case you are new. And I so hope you are. Listen, we're, we're here because we believe God is doing something with us. We believe he's among us. And I believe even right now, he's right there in that place with you. We know he's present everywhere, but I am asking that he would somehow make himself known to you, that he would just somehow manifest the thickness of his presence I've never seen him with my bare eyes before. He's never just appeared to me, but I pray somehow you would know that he has come for you because he loves you so much and wants to speak a word into your life. So here's what we want him to do. There's nothing, I'd give you anything I have, but there's nothing I can give you that would stick. But there's everything God could give us that would be completely life transforming. That's what we're praying for. Uh, Father, we do praise you with all of our hearts. And we, God, I, I just want to thank you in advance because I'm, I am thrilled to be part of this series. Father, I am so thankful for the very real power that you are willing to demonstrate in the lives and in the hearts and in the minds of people, Father, no matter what kind of condition we're in, Lord, I pray that you would just freeze somebody on the other side of that screen. If, if she or if he has just been through so much and done so much and gone so far, he can't imagine what you would want to do with him. God, you love us so much and, and you have sought us out and God, you want to set us free and God, please come and, and I pray without hindrance, you would be freed up to work in us in such a way that we never get over it. God, God, do it, do it, Lord, do it. Bind everything about me that is, um, that just is uh, fleshly and uh, selfish and let your spirit be released in this place, God. How I thank you for pulling my life out of the deepest pit, Father. I joyfully credit you with every good thing in me. Lord, whatever I have to offer, it is truly your grace and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. I want to read with you starting at verse 14, Luke 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. I want you to notice something with me, that he returned in power from what? If you will look right above this portion of scripture, you will see that he has just been with the enemy tempting him 
over and over again in the wilderness without food, being tempted of the devil in every conceivable way that the enemy could position his attack around him. And he comes out of that time of intense temptation in the strength and power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we, you know what? We wouldn't have to go any further than that to have a lesson because somebody needs to know that you may have been through the worst temptation of your life. You may have just gone through a season of time when you did the unthinkable. There is just nothing like, if you live to be my age, if you live to be the age of, of some of us in this room, I can just tell you that if you're younger, take it from us. Do not make a list of things that you will promise and declare you will never do, because let me tell you, before your life is over, you probably will have done them, because we're all capable of anything. Does anybody hear what I'm saying to them today? And to know that when we honestly kid ourselves into thinking those kinds of people do that, and and my kind of person does this. We are sitting ready for a fall. Take heed, lest when you think you stand, you fall. And so if you're coming out of a terrible time of temptation, let me tell you, you can have the Spirit of God fall on you in this season like you have never known it in your life. It says then in verse 16, and he, being Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Just let me freeze it right there for a moment. So there was always someone designated that would read a portion of scripture and they would stand to do it. There would have been blessings said. There would have been a, a service, portions of a service by now. Um, not altogether different than some of our church services, especially if we have some liturgy in our services, they would have gone by a certain kind of order. It would have come time to hear a reading of the word standing on the feet and then to sit down. Once the teacher sat down, he would expound on that particular verse that he had read. So keeping that in mind, he is given the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. I want you to just picture this because this is God in flesh. This is the very son of God. If you have seen the son, he said, you, you've seen the father. I mean, the very, very image, the fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily, the book of Colossians says. So here he is. And imagine this finger just going across that scroll till he gets right to the place where it is Isaiah chapter 61, where God has ordained that the prophet Isaiah would receive a word of this prophetic word about the job description of the very son of God himself. So all these centuries have gone by waiting. That clock has just been ticking like this for the time that this would be fulfilled. Now, I, I just, I want you to picture with me, imagine we don't see any of this on the page, but I just want you to imagine what the heavenlies would have been like to packed with 10,000s and 10,000s of angels, no telling what demonic principalities are in the air all gathered over Nazareth because something huge is about to happen. The time has come. He walks into the town where he was raised. He unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, points straight to it, and this is what he says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, I want you to see there are so many important words in that portion, but I don't want you to miss the word me because he is talking about himself. And it says in verse 20, this is so dramatic. Please, please go into the drama with me because this is hometown boy here. He's back home, but he's come back home not hiding the unction that is upon him. In other words, now he's coming back. They might as well get ready because the power of the living God now is not only in him, but now it is all over him. And he is coming back with part of it, just part of his glory. If you just go here with me a moment, just like unzipped in power. Anybody see what I'm talking about? So, I mean, like, like there, there would have been a before and an after. Sinless all the way along. But he comes out of that temptation. He's, he's ready. There's a part of his ministry now that is ready to launch, and he comes back with power. And I mean, they're just slack-jawed as he reads it because he's got such an anointing on him doing it. Rolls it up, gives it back to the attendant. I have to wonder, does it just kind of slap in the palm of his hand? <laughs> gives it back to the attendant, and he sits down. I mean, sits... How... I'm sorry, y'all, but how in the world he kept from cracking the earth? This is, this is God wrapped in flesh, reading his own word, and then he's just going to sit down. I mean, just like, I, I don't know what's happening with y'all, but I'm, I'm, I'm having me some revival up here. And it says, hands it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, this is it right here, this is it. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has reported for duty and the ministry has begun and the power is upon him. And they will either turn from him over that power or they will turn toward him over that power. But one thing is for certain, they saw that power. And he said, you need to know this was written about me and this has been fulfilled in your very presence. That's what he had to say. That was his commentary on Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, the divine job description of the Holy Son of God sent to earth. And he proclaims it and it is so. I want you to see some words in Galatians chapter 5. Would you turn with me there? Through our series, it's not very often I just camp right on one verse and just keep saying it over and over and over again, but I am going to do it in this series because I am hoping by the time somebody's even walking out the door today, by the time you've been around for a few minutes, you would be able to say this thing from memory because if, if we don't get this thing down in the marrow of our bones and understand what has happened for us and what has happened to us in Christ,
then you and I can just stay, live our entire lives captive to a vicious enemy, having absolutely no idea what we were capable of doing and who we were capable of being, that has got to come to an end. Re the reason why I want you to see this so beautifully in Galatians 5, 1, is that Galatians was one of the very first uh, New Testament books that was written. It was written as early probably as 1 Thessalonians. We're not sure, scholars are not sure, it's not me, scholars are not sure uh, which one of them came first, probably 1 Thessalonians and Galatians soon after that. So it's very early in the New Testament church. But the inspired word is coming. The breath of God on the sacred page in our New Testament is coming down um, from heaven on to the scroll. And we see that this now is this side of the cross of Christ and his resurrection and his ascension. And I want you to hear these words in verse 1 of Galatians 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I love that. I find it convenient that it sort of rhymes. I, I love how it says in, I, I believe it's the NIV that puts it this way. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that he has set us free. Therefore, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I want somebody to get a word here today because what he is pressing into us is after all he has done, Jesus did not go to the cross, overcome the grave, ascend into the heavenlies and have a seat at the right hand of the Father where he lives to ever make intercession for us and awaits the signal for him to come back for his bride and come back and restore this earth. He did not do all of that so that you and I could sit in a bunch of bondage and be in a bunch of defeat. It's just not what he did. He did not do it for that reason. And when we think, well, you know, but he understands. This is not about him understanding. It's about him going, listen, I paid for your freedom. This is not how I meant for you to live. Of course I love you like this. But I am telling you, I did more than this for you. And there's nothing, I don't, there, what, what happens to us is that we get in our heads that based on our experience or based on the experiences of the people we know, we have decided that really is Christian philosophy and not reality. And I am begging you through this series, I am begging you back to the page of scripture. It is a statement of fact. You and I have been set free to be free. We have not been set free to be in bondage. There is no addiction. There is absolutely no area of defeat that can take authority over you if you are in Christ. It cannot presume it. It must be allowed to and not stopped, but it cannot presume it. You do not have the one area of bondage Christ Jesus cannot set you free from, neither do I. And the reason why this is a precious subject to me is because I lived in so much bondage for so long, and I, I could not get out of the pattern. Does anybody know what I'm saying to them? I mean, I just like... I, I kept going back in to the same kind of ditch, or maybe it would be a new ditch this time, but sooner or later, I would cycle right back into a hole. And I would just repent, and I meant it. God, I'm so sorry, I don't even, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't even know what I'm doing. I would just be sorrowful. 
and I just like pick me up, pull me out, and, and it wouldn't be very long until I'd be right back in that same kind of place. I did not understand the power of his word or the power of his indwelling spirit that he gives to believers. We are going to camp on that through this series. I, I want to say this to you. You and I are going to be talking a lot about freedom. And the big question on the table is, it even attainable in this life in these jars of clay? Because that, that, this is the big one. Because I'm telling you, we're basing it on what we see uh, out in our lives and in our experience rather than what is on the page. Because we'll look around us and go, you know, no, that is not possible. I know too many people that are in too much bondage. The Word of God, the living Word of God makes us an assurance that we have been set free to be free. Is it attainable in this life? Is it just a philosophy or is this our reality? Wow, profound as always. And we'll bring more of Beth's teaching and really walk out what it looks like to live in freedom. But one of the greatest gifts, I think, of the freedom that Christ gives us is that then we are able to reach out and touch the lives of some others. There are some mothers at the moment in other parts of the world who are desperately crying out for freedom. Not just for freedom as believers, but freedom from the endless cycle of poverty. I can't imagine what it's like to hold your child, knowing that that little one is going to try to go to sleep, but they're so hungry they can't rest. We can do something about that. Would you watch this? Everybody knows that there are hungry children in Africa, and we know that something needs to be done. UNICEF knows that Angola has one of the highest child mortality rates in the world, and malnutrition is a major contributing factor. This village leader knows that without crops, his community is in grave danger. This mother knows the heartache of watching her children wither away from malnutrition. And this child knows the pain of going to bed hungry. But just knowing about malnutrition in Africa won't help anyone. The actions that we choose to do together will help save a child's life. You know, I haven't seen pictures like that in 30 years. And this is not some piece that we've pulled out of the archives. This is actually happening right now. And you know what? Something my son said to me that has kept me accountable. He said, Mom, once we know something, we're responsible to respond. And every one of us can do something. The amazing thing is that, you know, for $30, you can feed three children for three months. And that's like two movie tickets. For $50, you can help feed five children. Um, $1,000 will help feed 100 children for three months. I don't know what you can do, 
But one thing I'm absolutely sure about, we can all do something. Let me ask, I mean, if that woman and her little baby, if they were living right next door to you, the minute you knew about it, your immediate response, I know, would be to, to go next door and say, hey, listen, you know, I've got some food here. I've got, I've got a meal I've cooked. I made, you know, double. You know, come over and join us. The amazing thing about when we partner with you is that that woman is not longer just out in the desert in Angola. We've made her our neighbor and we can do something. When I think of a woman like that, closing her eyes at night and praying to God, please send some help. And then there's those of us who have been given so much. Scripture makes it really clear. However much we've been given, we're responsible for. Some of you can give a big gift, and that is fantastic. And if you do, whatever you do, we will send you this um, great new teaching series. It's called Living Your Destiny. Beth Moore, Lisa Bevere, Christine Kane, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and myself, all about how do you find your destiny. Um, if you want to give more than that, we'll also send Chris's new book, Unashamed, and my new book, The Longing in Me. But please, would you do something? Every one of us can do something. So even if you'll just go call the number on the screen or go to lifetoday.org and let's answer those prayers. I mean, to see those little ones like that and to know that for so little, we can give them such tremendous help. You've responded in the past and we're so grateful. And I'm gonna be there in Angola very soon. And I'm gonna bring back some reports of what God is doing. This is not, uh, we need to do something. This is a holy privilege that we get to reach out in Jesus' name and put a hot meal into the hands of those children and hope into the eyes of those mothers. Thank you. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation, and those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. Wonderful. You know, one of the things that we're going to offer for any gift that you send in today is this amazing teaching series, Living Your Destiny. That's our prayer for these children. And one of the women who's teaching on the series is Beth Moore. So I know you're going to want to get your hands on this and we'll love to send it to you. Thanks for being with us and we'll see you again. God bless you.
Our history will define our destiny unless we make a decision to make what Jesus Christ did for us bigger than what anyone else has done to us. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.